over um, Good Friday and Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday this year, uh, we're just looking at this one question that Paul throws at us in 1 Corinthians 15. He writes it, he says, death, where is your sting? In fact, he goes a little bit further than that, doesn't he? Like Darren just kindly read out for us. Paul writes this, he says, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? That sounds great, doesn't it? You could have that on your wall, like a pretty picture thing, you know, with a, with a oh, death, a you know, little, little bit sideways. It, you know, we all want to see victory over death, don't we? That's, that's a reality we can all get on board with. But if we're honest, really honest, although maybe we like the sound of Paul's words, we know all too well the sting of death, don't we? Death, death is a global problem, universal even. You know, these last few years have been an amazing practice in the global nature of death, as we've seen uh, nations, even organisations of nations, uh, that have been gripped by the fear of death. The fear of plague spreading, which, which maybe we won't be able to control. And although, relatively speaking, we've come off fairly, fairly lightly, uh, if, you, if you've had anyone heavily affected by COVID, uh, acknowledge that, but, but it could have been a lot, lot worse. You know, there's, but there's a really good reason why uh, governments and nations get so worried about a new highly transmissible virus. There's a, there's a pretty logical flow of thought there. You don't have to look far back in history to find that disease has caused death on scales that we have trouble even imagining these days. In fact, you don't have to go back in history at all. You just need to go to, to another part of the world. And, you know, tuberculosis, malaria, lots of transmissible, many curable diseases still run rampant and cause death. But if you do go back, you find things like the Spanish flu pandemic, which killed off, you know, in a few short years, kind of somewhere between 10 and 50 million people. Or you go back even further and you find things like plagues, like the Black Death. Now, it's back in a part of history, 1300s, where we don't have such exact sounding numbers even as we had for the Spanish flu. But, you know, it's a bacterial condition that, that stuck around for hundreds of years. But in that one short outbreak of a few years, it killed you know, 75 to 200 million people, somewhere there, in a day when the Earth's population was about 370 mil. You know, somewhere between a third and a half of Europe died. Wrap your head around that. And of course, sickness isn't the only sting of death, is it? Aren't we seeing right now the sting of death in war and the atrocities that nation commits against nation? And really, we're not talking about big, you know, nations only. We're talking about people against people. Real people suffering under death, under the atrocities of one another in death. Yet, yet death is not just a global problem it's also a local problem, isn't it? It's, it's actually quite a bit easier to talk about death on the other side of the world, but it's a very present problem here too, isn't it? There would be very few people in this room today 
who could say that in the last 12 months they haven't known someone who's died or someone who has been diagnosed with something that's probably going to be the end of them. And yet, and yet we must zoom in again, mustn't we? Because it's not just global and it's not just local, but it's a personal problem for each one of us. Death is personal. If we're honest, we all feel the fact that death is our enemy which is coming for us eventually. Each and every one of us will, in all statistical likelihood, in fact certainty, one day die. Many of us could say that we have had a very close brush with death already. Some of us, a few of them, depending on how accident prone you are. Death, death is the universal enemy. Yet Paul tells us something else about death, uh, which, which we didn't quite get to in the reading there, but it's the next verse in 1 Corinthians 15. He writes, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. What Paul's saying is that death is not, as some might say, random. It's not, it's not an enemy which we do not deserve. The sting of death is sin, because in death we fall under a judgment for sin that we all deserve. It's a sobering reality. We deserve that judgment because there is a God who has said what is good and what is right, who has said the right way to go. And, it, and what he says is good and right is good and right. He's right about it. And we have chosen to turn aside as his creations. We have earned Bible says the wages of sin is death. It is the justified result of it. Yet here's the mystery of Good Friday and all of its wonder, right? There is one day in history when death seemed to win. In fact, when death had its greatest victory. When death Death's sting was felt the most acutely. The day that death took the Son of God. And it is the day that death died. Right back at the start of his letter to the Corinthians, Paul wrote something that is our focus verse for today on this Good Friday. He wrote, um, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. And that makes a lot of sense when you think about it, doesn't it? Like, how, how could the message that God came down and died on a cross be a message of hope and power? Come on, let's, let's bring some logic to this one. It made no sense to those who were watching Jesus die like we read, they mocked him. They said, if you are the son of God, come down. They said, he saved others, he can't save himself. And it's not just them, when we really press into it, it's, it's not hard to see why people object to the gospel message. A man died on a cross and by this we are saved. How can that help? Lots of people die, as we've covered. Yet Paul finishes his verse in this astonishing way. He says, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. What Paul means there is comprehensive. We're not going to cover all of what he means there today because that's basically the whole letter to the Corinthian church. It covers more than just our physical death. 
And we're going to spend some time on that later in this year. If you're a gospel church person who's going to be here for that, we're going to go through that whole letter. But this is the starting point of the letter. The message of the cross is the power of God for those who are being saved. Paul's statement that the, that the message of the cross is power. And he spends the whole letter applying that and bringing it on out. And in the end, we see when Paul reaches this second last chapter of the book and turns to the resurrection, we see that death is swallowed up in victory, ultimately because of the death of Jesus on the cross, because the message of the cross is the power of God. It is the power of God to defeat death. This is the Christian message in all of its mystery and all of its glory. Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, came down and lived a perfect life. If the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, we must say that he didn't deserve the death that he took, right? And yet he died. And here's the craziest part. Although he didn't deserve to die on the cross, he chose to. And he chose it in order to take the death that you and I deserved. And so even though I will still one day physically die, that death won't have the last say because I will live. This is why for Christians, Good Friday is always a mix of celebration and sadness, right? Because on Good Friday, we remember the death of our Saviour. And so we mourn that he should die for us. The message of the cross. And yet the message of the cross is the power by which our death is overcome and so we rejoice. And even though people mocked Jesus as he died, the power of the cross was even clearly seen on that day as we read, wasn't it? Dead people literally came alive and walked in the street, Matthew tells us. The earth shook. As Darren mentioned for us, the, the curtain was torn in two, symbolising the end to the separation between God and his people once and for all. Because sin and the law had no power now over us. The, the invitation today is, is as life-changing as it is simple. Maybe... Um, Maybe you've been living under the impression that you need to be good enough for God. Maybe you've been trying to hide your brokenness, trying to run from your brokenness or trying to deny your brokenness because you think that it will destroy you if you face it head on. You've been hiding in the shadow of death. You know you have. You, you know that it is a reality that will one day soon catch up with you. But the very God who could condemn you offers you this beautiful invitation, come out of the shadow of death, come to me. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, the Bible says. He invites you to call on him today to put your trust 
in him, to place your life on him as your Lord and Saviour, and to know the saving power of God in the message of the cross, the only power by which we are being saved. That his death, in his death on the cross, your sin and your death is defeated. For those of us who have believed, the call is equally simple, equally clear. The message of the cross is the power of God. Keep trusting. That's, that's our everyday truth to lead us through life. The message of the cross is the power of God that is leading us out of the old and into the new. That is walking us on the path to the glorious day when he returns. Don't believe the lie that you're still under death. Don't believe the lie that you need to live like you're still under death. Believe the message of the cross that death has no sting for you now and live like one who has life in them. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for the message of the cross, the power of God by which we are being saved, by which you have rescued us from our sin, by which you are leading us out of our old ways, by which you are leading us towards your glorious return and the new heavens and new earth. Lord Jesus, I pray for anyone here today who has not received the power of God in the message of the cross. I pray that today would be the day. I pray that they could turn to you and with simple faith say, Lord, I've been running and I've been broken and I turn to you. Be my Lord and Saviour. I trust you. We know, Lord, that you do not turn away those who turn to you in trust. I pray for all of us here that we would be a people who walk and who live by the message of the cross. And we thank you, Lord, from the depths of who we are. We thank you that you came and took away our sin and took away our death. The death was swallowed up in victory at the cross of Jesus Christ. We pray it in his name. Amen.